0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we give a voice to those women whose story is meaningful, moving, and compelling. We share their stories with the world so that in their shining, they give permission to others to shine as well. Today's guest is Laura Putnam, author of Workplace Wellness That Works and CEO of Motion Fusion. Welcome, Laura. Thank you for being here.
1: Thanks so much, Susan.
0: You're quite a dynamo. I I usually try not to read anything about my guests beforehand so that I'm delighted and surprised, but you're all over the place. I almost couldn't avoid it. You know, you have a lot of great material, great content, and a huge history of experience. So tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, I like to call myself a... Uh, uh, Urban public high school history teacher turned movement builder in the world of health and wellness. And I liken the workplace to the school uh, for adults. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah, it's where adults. Yeah, it's where, you know, just like schools are places that uh, can transform kids' lives. The same is true for the workplace, that it really can be a transformative experience for adults. And so, the piece that I've been really focused on is how we can leverage the workplace to better promote health and well being in our country and increasingly um, around the world.
0: I think that's awesome. And let me just say, I come from financial services and legal, mm-hmm. and those two industries need what you do so much. Oh my gosh. Um, it's great. It's great what you do, and I love the way you describe yourself. Um, that's definitely worthy of the title, Wonder Woman in Business. Um, <laughs> tell me a bit about your education background. You know, how did you come to do this?
1: So my undergraduate degree is from Stanford University, and I was, in addition to studying international relations there, I was also a scholarship member of the women's gymnastics team, Wow! Obviously, that's had a big influence on the direction that I've taken with my life. I also had a stint as a professional dancer. Um, I went on to become, um, you know, largely have worked in the field of education. I got my master's in education, uh, specifically in teaching history at Brown University. Um, But I've also worked in public policy. I worked on the Senate Antitrust Subcommittee. I've lived and worked overseas, uh, specifically in Ghana in a small village there. um, Did some teaching and also some community development work. So have a pretty broad range of experiences, but um, basically kind of what started Motion Infusion, which was a company that I started in 2008, was really two inspirations. One was as a teacher kind of coming off of Uh, My stint as a professional dancer and having been a a competitive gymnast um, throughout my childhood and and at Stanford, I was really interested in finding ways to meaningfully integrate movement and bring movement into a high school uh, classroom. And what I found is that when students were engaged with their bodies, uh, they were also more engaged with their brains. It's kind of a (laughs) no-brainer that we we think better when we're moving. So that was one thing that really um, inspired motion infusion. And then the other was I had been doing some work actually with adults teaching Pilates, and I found that a lot of these adults who were sitting at their desks all day, some of them were not too much older than I was, and they were literally crippled. They could barely move.
0: Yeah, yeah. let oh, me jump in real quick. Let me jump yeah. in because your story is so robust. I don't want to let it go too far without my saying I had to pick my job off the ground. You're, mm-hmm. you're amazing. You're possibly one of the most amazing women I've ever interviewed. And I've interviewed some pretty incredible women. Um, wow. I just want to say, wow, everything you just said. I mean, I know that for you, it's rote because you've lived it. It's your mm-hmm. life. But for those of us listening, wow, that's hey. incredible. So I was going to ask you about, so so for me personally, I gained quite a bit of weight um, doing a job where I sat and did a lot of webinars and I would sit on a plane and travel to clients and sit, 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 sit. Then I would drive three hours a day, sit, 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 sit. And it's, I feel like I'm, you know, 40 years older than I am because of that. So I love that you said, you know, you bring your whole self to work. You move. You, it makes your brain work better. And it's just incredible. Everything you just said, you're quite a powerhouse. I'm, I'm delighted to have you here. So carry on. I just wanted to take a little break.
1: Uh, uh, well. Uh, well, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, you know, very simply, when we move... We get healthier, happier, and we even get smarter. It's actually one of the very best things you can do for your brain. You know, body aside, it's just so critical for our our brains to be able to function well. The problem is, as you were highlighting, is the fact that as much as we as human beings are literally designed to move, We are biologically programmed to move, and um, that's how we evolved. That's how we survived was through movement. Now we're in a scenario where we are literally culturally mandated to sit. So, uh, you know, born to move, told to sit kind of um, situation, and it happens, starts at a very young age. I, I often ask audiences, you know, what's the first thing that we learned in school before we learned our ABCs, before we learned to read or write? We learned to sit and be still. Yes. Now it's something that we're trying to unlearn, but um, really this gets at the heart of so much of, you know, what we're looking at as a, as a, as I was alluding to earlier as a country and as a global community as well is that we just simply are um, sicker, fatter, uh, more stressed out than we've ever been. I mean, we're actually third year in a row on track for uh, reduced life expectancy the first time since 1918.
0: Wow. I didn't realize that stat, but yeah, I personally, I am what you just said personified. I gained 50 pounds in under two years through stress and a change in lifestyle and becoming the caregiver for my mother who has Alzheimer's and I have to take care of me and you are motivating. Let me tell you, I'm almost thinking about standing to do this podcast. (laughs) I give you permission to do that. (laughs) Well, you're quite a dynamo. Just your energy, your tone of voice, the rate at which you speak, the topics, um, your background and experience, pretty pretty incredible. Um, You've done a lot. It sounds like it's hard to choose what your proudest professional accomplishment has
1: been, but let's give it a go. Well, I would say by far having written the book workplace loans that works that's definitely what i'm most proud of but i would also add um when i lived in this small village in west africa in ghana a little village called akobima um i uh, the guy who was kind of like the self-appointed chief of the village he had this brilliant idea that the two of us would go and crash a party and um at this other village it was about three hours away and out of that I was able to get a uh, $40,000 grant from the Swedish organization to build a daycare center in this village. And that was just incredibly rewarding. And uh, all happened because we uh, attended a party uninvited.
0: Wow. Wow. Oh, my gosh. You're (laughs) full (laughs) of surprises. I'm just, I I don't even think I should even speak. I just want to listen to you for the next half hour. This is incredible. Um, So I have a friend, we'll talk offline about this, but I often mention it on my podcast. I have a friend who um, runs an organization called Be Bold Now. I would like Mm -hmm. to introduce you to her. She's quite a dynamo, has lived around the world and changed lives much like you have. I think you two would, you know, like it would be an explosion to see you in the same room together. Um, so I'll introduce you after this podcast, but that is the most incredible story right there. Um, and again, I, I I interview incredible people. I mean, you're you know, it's not just wow, that's pretty terrific. No, you're like blowing away the benchmark of some amazing women that I interview on my podcast. Oh, I appreciate. That. <laughs> yeah, and and to think, are you right in my backyard? So I'm I'm here in the Bay Area. Are you still here in the Bay Area?
1: I am in San Francisco, so yes, in the Bay Area. Although I travel a lot, and so um, as I mentioned, I'm here in Charlottesville, North Car- uh, Virginia, right now. Um, yeah. And actually, this is in a way coming home. I grew up in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, so it's kind of I like- could tell. I knew it. I'm from New Orleans,
0: so I could yeah, okay. speak <laughs> from Southern Sisterhood. Um, you are just charming and delightful and perky and um I want to ask you have you ever done the Myers Briggs what's your personality profile
1: Oh I'm the uh, uh what is it ENFP
0: I'm an ENFJ so that's why we okay. totally yeah yeah <laughs> you are a rock star I think I'm a rock star you probably think you're a rock star but you know you really are a rock star that's amazing well, well, I appreciate what has it. inspired you over this amazing robust life you've led um you know who's been your mentor or who's inspired you most
1: you know in terms of a mentor um, when i was living in new york trying to make it as a dancer when i did that uh, stint as a professional dancer that i was alluding to uh, my dad got really worried um he is a, a you know, harvard educated physician and he just thought my life was going on the wrong path and so i get that <laughs> uh, connected me with a classmate of his actually from exeter and, um, this guy, his name is Charlie Ham, And at the time he was president of a bank and he and I would get together for, uh, he, I guess he, um, <laughs> felt sorry for me or whatever it was, but he and I would meet for a monthly breakfast when I lived in New York city. And that was so meaningful to me. And, um, and one of the, the things that he actually said to me is like, he literally gave me permission to pursue my dream as a, as a, as a dancer but to also have conversations around um, you know what am I going to do next but also really encouraging me to be in the moment and to make the most of it that, that you know the right here right now yeah. um, go for it
0: sounds very validating empowering and um, you know good advice frankly you
1: know? and I think it was exactly the opposite advice from from what my dad was hoping for. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, that's what, hey, Laura, you know, that's
0: what good dads do. When I was very young, I moved to Boston and started, you know, all on my own and didn't want anybody to know who my daddy was, my uncle was, or any of that. And he was like, same advice. You, what are you doing? You're, you, oh, you're squatting in high cotton, young lady. What are you doing over there? <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Uh-huh. But, yeah, and, and they didn't push too hard and didn't pull too hard, but they yanked and tugged just a little. And mm-hmm. it's nice to know his good friend was a differing perspective for you. Yes. So that's super great. Um, well, I, I don't even have to ask you this next question, but I'm going to, because you have surprised me so much. I can't wait to, to hear what comes out of your mouth. Um, let me ask you, how do you advise women now, not we're not all the Wonder Woman that you are, but we are all Wonder Women in our own right. How can we help others? How can we help other women?
1: I think mean, just to be nice to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Praise be Jesus. Absolutely. I don't know what else to say. I mean,
0: just to be nice and would um, be a refreshing change. I'll say.
1: Yeah, you know, one of my friends, Leslie Morgan, she is the editor of a book called Mommy Wars. And, uh, you know, that just kind of captures it, you you know, battling between mommies who work versus mommies who don't. And um, there's just so much infighting amongst women, and I I can't really understand it. Um, But I I think that sometimes it comes from a place of it being a limited pie that we're trying to, you know, piece of the pie and so we're just fighting over it. Um, So I think that just starting with um, understanding that my gain is your gain and your gain is my gain and that we're here to help each other out. So that's so
0: spot-on. I did a talk just yesterday in um, at Willamette Valley Vineyards and there were about 300 women there and we were I was saying, why do we do this? And we talked about, because there are only two spots at the top for women. And I said, instead of clawing each other's eyes out to get to those two spots, let's create more spots. So I think that's the same analogy um, as the pie. I I think we need to create more opportunity for women at the top. And that's what I do. And that's clearly what you do in your um, work and book. I can tell just by what you're saying, your you're all about lifting women up rather than putting them down.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I think it's also recognizing when women are being supportive of one another. I mean, just case in point, I arrived at the hotel early, hoping that I was going to be able to get into a room early to be able to do this podcast. And the woman who actually was at the front desk totally help me out and not only did she get me into a room early but she got me into a beautiful suite that has this incredible view and we can't forget those little those small but big gestures that women are already doing for each other so I salute this this young woman Ashley for helping me out and I think we need to celebrate those.
0: Well go Ashley and I am all about that approach Um, making it a positive path where we uh, use positive reinforcement, live in gratitude and say thank you to those who help us to succeed and let them know that they've helped us to succeed in some big or small way. Oftentimes things happen and we just move on with our lives. I'm known for sending boxes of C's candies all over the world to anyone like I'm talking, you know, someone I met in a restaurant or like you with your friend at the front desk. Um, you know, just to say thank you, that little gesture meant a lot, maybe not much to you, but a whole lot to me and it will not go forgotten. So that is awesome. That's
1: and great. you know, I, I, I couldn't agree with that more. And I would add to that in, in regards to the workplace, there are a lot of recognition programs, but one of the things that I talk about with these managers and leaders that I work with a lot is I encourage them to appreciate People not just for what they do, but for who they are. Yes. Uh, one of the, the greatest examples of that is actually uh, Douglas Conant, who was brought in to turn around Campbell's Soup. And he had a regular practice of written recognition. And during his eight-year tenure, it's estimated that he wrote over 30,000 thank you notes. So wow! Day, he would set aside time to say thank you. To people who work there, and I just recently spoke with the woman who actually worked there and worked uh, was part of the, the the team working at that um, at Campbell Soup, and uh, mentioned that she said, "Oh yes, I've got some of those letters, and I have treasured those, and I still have them today. And I, in turn, have that as a practice now. But um, gratitude and saying thank you, and even just noticing people right. is." One of the best things that we can do, not only for women, but, you know, talk about wellness and well-being. What I often talk about is like, you know, really what health and wellness and well-being is all about is helping people to be human beings. And simply noticing people for who they are is one of the most powerful things that all of us can do to improve people's quality of life when they are at work.
0: So I will say that um, I often say we are human beings and we've become human doings. Yes. So instead of, you know, that's sort of like you should honor not what you do, but who you are. So we need to focus on being and being human beings, not human doings. We're not defined by our job title or, you know, what we accomplished that day, but who we are from the inside out. I love that you honor that. Um, And I love the idea that was almost dead and gone, but I try hard to keep it alive, of the handwritten thank you note. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm big on that. I know you're from the South. I'm from the South. It was a big thing for my family. We were. Oh, yes. (laughs) um, I don't let it go. You know, email will never take the place of the handwritten note. Although people say, well, you know, time is of the essence. The handwritten note will take longer to get there. But I think when it does, it's more meaningful. It's a a quality versus quantity thing. So
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah. Well, let me ask you, it sounds like your life has been a bed of roses, but I know no one's life is truly a bed of roses. What has been your biggest challenge or setback or maybe um, not regret per se, because, you know, we win or lose, never uh, win or learn, never lose. That's what I try to remember. But what has been maybe a challenge that you overcame and how did you overcome it?
1: You know, I have to say, probably uh, one of the biggest challenges that I have faced, um, especially I think when you're, you know, high achieving um, and have the mindset that if you put your mind to it, that it can happen. And um, I, um, when I was 32, I actually, actually when I was in New York um, as a dancer, and um, I, became pregnant. (laughs) It was unexpected, not planned. Um, but then, um, that really turned around my life. And I, I moved back, um, to, out to Oregon, to where my mom and sister were, um, to have support from them. And I was really excited about this new direction that my life was taking. And then, um, ultimately had a late miscarriage and, um, it turned my world upside down. Um, and I think, uh, you know, you, in becoming, for a woman becoming pregnant, like you, you are no longer the same, right. and I was a different person, but the world saw me the same, and and to this day, when people ask, do you have children, it's a difficult question to answer, because I, I did have a child, it just, yeah. um, the child didn't make it to full term, so, um, I, uh, and then after that was diagnosed with an, uh, Uh, autoimmune disorder and kind of had this, having always been very healthy, just had this year where I um, felt paralyzed. So, um, and just had to kind of get myself um, back, um, kind of regain my life um, to uh, both personally, but also professionally.
0: That is so moving. So I'm sitting here, I, I have one child And I had a complicated uh, day of birth, if you will, but it happened. He's wonderful. He's healthy. He's headed to Berkeley in the fall. It's all good. However, it changed my life just being pregnant. It changed not just my life externally, but who I am from the inside out. Like it literally does change you. And yes, you do have a child. That child's no longer with us here, but Mm -hmm. yes. And I think that's a beautiful Sort of sad. I mean, very sad story, if you don't mind my saying. Um, and you know, you don't bounce back to who you were from yeah. that. You embrace who you've become, mm-hmm. and that's just incredible. Wow. Um, thank you for having the courage to share that deeply personal story. I ask my guests to be real and authentic, and you know, vulnerability is a sign of strength. You know that, right? So mm-hmm. I'm sure you know that of all people. Um, it's mm-hmm. what you teach, mm-hmm. but Tell us something else that folks might not know about you. Maybe a surprising fact about you or something interesting that not many other people have done. Well, I can just tell you your whole resume <laughs> <laughs> <that> well,
1: <there's- laughs> no
0: one else has done right here.
1: Um, I mean, one is that I lived in Africa as a little girl. My dad was working on a USAID malaria eradication program. And, um, and I'm actually so excited I'm going to be working with executives from USAID tomorrow. So it's kind of a nice, um, closing the circle. And yeah. so I got to live there, you know, as a little girl, which is a very different way of experiencing living abroad. I also um, have a twin sister.
0: Wow. <laughs> we wow. were called
1: cookies, uh, growing up and, um, and I am engaged to a twin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's well, first of all, best wishes. Thank, Thank you. All. Second of all, How fun to be a twin, but I have to say Laura Putnam that I would be like, oh my gosh, hard to keep up with my twin, Laura Putnam, you know, (laughs) how do I, you know, I, I guess when you get older and wiser and you're more comfortable in yourself and your skin and loving yourself, but when you're young and you're Laura Putnam's sister and you're accomplishing all these things and, and you're watching her just blow you away, I don't know if you have or did, but I can't imagine you didn't because you're so accomplished.
1: Well, you know, you're very wise to pick up on that. And um, we, uh, you know, I think siblings are always competitive, but I think twins are even more so. Sure. so both of us were smart enough to pick different pursuits. So while I was a gymnast, she was actually an equestrian and is equestrian uh, still to this day. She's a very accomplished, um, formerly hunter jumper, now just a jumper. And so she rides horses in these incredible um, equestrian events uh, uh, around the country and in Canada and, uh, you know, does these big scary jumps and she also does amazing work. She's uh, been in the branding space for a long time. And so she does, she's incredible in her own right. Just yes. in different ways.
0: Bravo, Dr. <laughs> Putnam. <laughs> I'll just say, yeah. Yeah. what an, increase, an incredible family that you are. Is your dad, is your dad still around? I mean, is he? No, my, I lost,
1: we lost him unexpectedly in 2005.
0: Wow, that's so hard. I lost my dad when I was 30. I'm 52 now, and it was quite a surprise. Changed my life, much like having a child, um, but the circle of life and grateful for the time we had together and, you know, super lucky to have a dad. Sounds like your dad was this way, too. Gave you the wings to fly free and just clipped them just enough to keep you safe. (laughs) But, um, well, good for you. Not without its
1: challenges, but Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. (laughs) You have to remember how well-intentioned people are. Yes. Yes. Um, Well, let me ask you one last question before we sign off. Um, If people want to know more about you, how can they reach you? And you know that I'll put all of your contact info in a blog that I write and I sync the podcast into the blog. Um, but for on-air folks, tell them how to reach you.
1: That. Thank you. So uh, first of all, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, have, a, you know, a lot of robust conversations on LinkedIn. You can follow me on Instagram at Laura Putnam Author or on uh, Twitter, which is at MotionInfusion. And uh, the website is motioninfusion.com as well as com. So a lot of different ways to get in touch with me. Smart. Smart. Well, I'm
0: sure folks will check you out and reach out to you. I think you're incredible. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. Great, great podcast. A really robust 30 minutes of my life well spent. Um, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And, Laura, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you so much. Bye-bye, everyone.